I can tell this organization is committed to winning. The Broncos, they do have incredible fans that love this team, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Another takeaway for this Denver defense in 58 is right in the middle of all of it. Wow! Touchdown, Denver! Unbelievable! Oh my goodness, what a play! Broncos country, what's going on? It is Mile High Magic, episode number 51. Glad to have you with us. Appreciate you clicking on the link alongside my partner, Nikki Javala. I am Michael Spencer. And Nikki, I got to be honest, usually when we do these podcasts, I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm happy. I have none of those feelings today. Um, this is our last episode of Mile High Magic, in case you haven't heard. Uh, Nikki Javala, moving on to, to bigger and better things. So a big shout out to you. Uh, congratulations uh, on your new gig um tell us about it where are you going where are you headed what are you going to be doing yeah thanks um i'm going to the washington post to cover their football team out there the one that starts with the <laughs> r word <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah i've that's gonna be interesting i have a thing for interesting ownerships yes interesting you do in yeah to put it politely um so yeah, that's what I'll be doing. I got a week left at the athletic and in Den well, I moved in about a month or so. Um so yeah, that was my six years on the Broncos beat are coming to an end. It's sad. Well, it is sad from a from a personal standpoint, and I think I can uh I can speak for everybody inside that Broncos media room. Uh, you were you were a lot of fun to be around. Obviously, a lot of fun to work with. I really enjoyed doing the podcast with you. Um, but but from a professional standpoint, I think everybody is is in agreement that we're all really excited for you and uh, excited to see what happens in your in your next step and um, and, and where you go from here. And you're right, uh, the ownership situation. You didn't get enough of that covering the Bolins. You wanted some Dan Snyder in your yeah. life. We're going to shake it up a little bit, but we're going to keep it interesting. Um, yeah, that should be that should be fun, right? Um, but thank you. I, I love it here in Denver. It was a hard decision, actually, because um, my family moved out here. We're all out here. Um, poor Denver. All the job balls are out here. My parents actually um, built a house to be closer to me, um, and they moved into their house on a Thursday and I got the job offer that Monday. So put a, you know, didn't quite work out as they imagined, <laughs> but they were supportive nonetheless. Sorry, of course, mom and dad. Of course. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Broncos beat has been amazing. Um, so you mentioned, you mentioned six years on the beat. Some of that was at the post before you, before you moved mm-hmm. to the athletic, what stands out? I mean, I think Super Bowl 50 is probably going to be the obvious answer. Mm-hmm. What stands out to you about, about your best memories, maybe on this beat and in your time here in Denver? So I think some of my best memories were probably just in talking or overhearing guys in the locker room with some of their one lines. We, and we still joke about it in the media room. And those are some of my favorite times um you know just the people in that media room are amazing i mean we just had so many inside jokes i guess (laughs) we had a lot of fun i mean there were so many times where we just randomly replay akib talib's interview from the harry douglas game in tennessee so fantastic or we you know relive the time he was um telling us about when his kids asked him about being suspended in that Colts game for poking 
that guy in the eye. Daddy, why are you poke him in his eye? I'll never forget that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so many great moments. Von Miller poking fun at Shane Ray and pointing to his ankle. And it was like, this is the only athletic part of your body. <laughs> like, <laughs> like little things like that that just kind of stick with you. I mean, that was a it was a fun locker room, especially in 2015, obviously. Um, but that media room was a lot of fun. There's always something going on with the Broncos. Yes. I assume it's going to be the same way with the Redskins, but there's always something. I mean, even in the offseason when you think it's going to be, you know, you're going to have some downtime, which never really happens in the NFL. The day before they're supposed to go to the White House. Mm-hmm for their honorary visit after winning Super Bowl 50, uh, Keeb Tlaib shoots himself in the leg. Um, (laughs) You got the ownership situation. You got, you know, John Elway's media blitzes for his new hand sponsors and just random things, but it's, there's always something. Yes. Which was good. Yes. It kept me busy. So. Yeah, and well, and, and that's what I was about to say. You were always on top of it. And, and for my money, you were the best reporter on that beat. And so I think that, that Denver and, and the viewers and the readers and listeners of The Athletic are going to miss you for sure. Um, and, and your insight and, and your knowledge. And your worlds kind of collided the other day because your, your new world and your old world, if you will, I when know. you tweeted out Dwayne Haskins throwing to Jerry Judy um, and I talking know. about, you know, how the NFL never sleeps. There's always some sort of workout going on that we're covering. And uh, and so I had to, that was that was kind of cool for you, right? And oh, by the way, you broke the internet with your announcement that you were leaving and were trending and people were freaking was out. Was trending? Because, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, congrats. Nikki was trending and people thought that something had happened to Nikki Minaj. That's hysterical. Did yeah, I tell no, you, you broke my... the internet. You caused some problems. Uh, well, you know, that's the story of my life. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know they were going to announce it when they did. So that was interesting. My phone blew up, but I got some incredibly nice messages. So thank you, everybody. I really appreciate that. Um, that was an interesting day. A very interesting day. I got a really cool DM, though, from <laughs> a fan of Nicki Minaj. I'll read it to you. Um <laughs> It said, sorry, boo, I thought you were Nicki Minaj. And I, you know, naturally responded, I wish I was. I I always wanted to be a rapper. And this kind person said, don't stop believing in yourself, Nicki. Your time will come, I promise. I love My that. time is coming. I love My that. rap career is, it's going to happen. It's still alive. <laughs> and unfortunately for those of us in Denver, we'll be stuck watching it from afar as you flourish in D.C. <laughs> hey, if you ever need somebody to just spit a couple bars, you know where to find me. Well, and if you need somebody to drop a couple beats, DJ Sauce Von the Don, I'm sure would be Glad to hook you up. I see a collaboration (laughs) on the horizon, if you know what I mean. So... Good times, good times. No, I'm yes. gonna miss. I'm gonna miss Denver. It was a hard decision, um, and I think if I had another day to, you know, really drag it out, I probably would have decided to stay because I enjoyed my time with the Athletic. I enjoy it here. I love Denver, um, but it's it'll be a good move for me and the doggo. 
So. Yeah, you're taking Joey with you. We I know there were some people in Denver that offered to keep him for you, but you're taking no, Joey with you. No, I'm taking Joseph. <laughs> um, it's you know we're gonna have a long car ride out there, um, but the dog is coming. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is our our final episode of of Mile High Magic. Um, at least, at least for now, we'll see what happens kind of moving forward, but, but this will be our final episode. So, uh, a big shout out to everybody who's been hanging out with us and, and tagging along with us throughout this journey. And, and Nikki, I guess let's look ahead to the 2020 season. And I think, you know, obviously people don't know what the 2020 season is going to look like the NFL going on with, with business as usual. Um, and, and the Broncos players are too, as much as possible. We know that Drew Locke and some of the guys have been getting together. And, and throwing and so as you as you leave what are your expectations for this team and and for this franchise not only in 2020 but but beyond yeah it's going to be an interesting year for everybody but especially the broncos on the field and off too i mean i, I think they have a really exciting roster um there's finally that feeling of like real hope that they've built a roster that can compete and kind of dig themselves out of the hole they've They've been in for the last four years or so. Um, I mean, it's a young group, but a, a really exciting group offensively and defensively too. I think they have a chance to be really good. I just don't know how long they're going to be able to stay together as is um, because it's there are a lot of veterans on there who could be gone in, in the future, namely Vaughn Miller. Um, but the offense, it finally looks like they have um, a group that can be efficient, that can score, that can keep up with the Chiefs and everybody else. Um, but that's on paper. You, you know, we'll, we'll see how they look on the field. Um, and then off the field, I mean, the case with their ownership is still ongoing. And mm-hmm. that trial is still set to begin September 1st. So, you know, if the season starts on time, it could be starting alongside this this pretty messy case um, that could have serious implications for their ownership and Pat Bowen's family. Um, and ironically, their their team's training facility is literally next door to the courthouse. So many of you guys I know will be sprinting back and forth. So that should be a delight. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I I didn't sense in that comment that you were going to miss the opportunity to be sprinting back and forth between the courthouse no. and Broncos facility. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Nikki out. <laughs> um, give us a give us a look at what the Redskins have in store. I mean, how much have you uh, – obviously, you've kind of watched them from afar as you've watched the rest of yeah. the league. What are you expecting uh, out of uh, your new team that you'll be covering? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I feel like I'm kind of going back to 2014 a little bit, just with Jack Del Rio being the defensive coordinator and they're switching to his 4-3 and whatnot. Um, they got, you know, a young guy that's you know, maybe similar to Von Miller. That's the mm-hmm. hope and Chase Young. Um, but, you know, as, as soon as the team I'm covering starts to figure out their quarterback situation, <laughs> I go to a team that still hasn't quite figured it out. But they got Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen. And it's kind of like that Carolina Panthers 2.0 over there right now um, with Ron Rivera taking over as head coach. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, I'm in NFC world now. It's very weird. Very weird. Yeah. And it really is like two different worlds, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm, I'm 
curious to see what happens with the league in general in, in terms of how they handle this because just when it felt like there was momentum to reopen things um, with the coronavirus, it feels like lately um, there's been, I don't want to say a new wave because we're still stuck in the first wave, right? Isn't that what they say? Um, mm-hmm. But it feels like there's been a surge of uh, new cases and you do wonder how that's going to impact the league and their handling of training camp and, you know, the start to a season. Um, so, and I'm, and I'm curious how the NFLPA handles it too. I mean, baseball and NBA, it's, it's different because they're, you know, shortened seasons or sort of this makeshift playoff. Um, but the NFL is still hoping for a full season is, is opting out even a consideration for players when contracts aren't guaranteed. I mean, that's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I think the NFL is actually somewhat in, in, in a good position because it feels like they can wait, right. And, and see what happens with the MLS tournament, which starts, you know, in, in mid July and then the NBA and then the NHL. And if they have to push back training camp, they can, they can do that. But you're right. The, the non-guaranteed contract issue is certainly going to be something that, that these guys are going to talk about. And I think the NFL has proven they're going to try their hardest to get the season in and try and play 16 games. Um, but I, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens and how that affects teams, you know, and, and we kind of talked about this in some earlier episodes. I mean, it's, it's already having an effect from guys not being able to be on the field, the limited amount that they are in OTAs. And, and that to me, when I look at the Broncos is going to delay their development, especially on the offensive side of the football. And so, um, I, I think that these, these young teams and these up and coming teams may be a little bit more delayed than, than normal, um, because of, of this. And so I, what, what's weird is nobody has the answer, right? Like nobody knows what's going to happen. And so we're sitting here like day by day and in Denver, the Nuggets closed down their practice facility recently. And their, their party line is that they're not too concerned about it and that they're still going to go to Orlando on, on June, excuse me, July 7th. But at the same time, they're like, also it, it could change tomorrow, you know, because right, exactly. nobody knows. Exactly. And, you know, the thing with football is the rosters are huge, especially in the offseason. You've got 90 guys that you'll eventually cut down to 53. Um, but it's a contact sport. I mean, there's only social distancing in the hallways, in the locker room. That's great. But you're still tackling each other. I mean, you're, <laughs> you can't social distance on the field. Um, so there's there's no preventative measure for that in the game. Um, so it's it's. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to handle it. Um, and then you think about every other aspect to the whole production of NFL games. I mean, they'll still have TV deals, but you don't know what it means for other media and press boxes. I'm I'm kind of operating under the assumption that most media will not be allowed um, at the training facility or working out of the media room like we typically do. There might be some at practices. They might have... Uh, a pool reporter at practice and kind of rotate that, which would really suck. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably won't be able to travel. Not, not all the stadiums can accommodate um, a lot of press. The Broncos are 
um, better situated than most um, because their facility in Inglewood, they have that indoor field house, which has a separate locker room. Um, their stadium in Denver has a pretty expansive press box. Um, but in, in, then you think about the fans and, you know, they, they can um, eliminate the lower bowl for social distancing. But again, it's like, you know, h- how do you really prevent this disease from spreading and you can't and we've I mean we've seen I mean you can't control everybody right I mean yeah. I, I that's where I, that's my fear for like the NBA and their whole bubble plan is you know a it's in Florida um but b you're not going to be able to control who comes in and out all the time you know there's there's just no way for that um so it's it's going to be interesting it's definitely a risk but it seems it's one and, pretty much everybody involved is willing to take. And to me, the sport to watch and the sport that it's most similar to is Major League Baseball because Major League Baseball has decided not to go into a hub. And they're they're going to have summer camp at the team's facilities, and then these teams are going to eventually end up traveling and playing games at home ballparks. So that, to me, is, is the NFL's most like comparison um, because the NFL guys will be traveling. Obviously they won't be going anywhere for three or four days at a time, Mm -hmm. but they will still be getting on planes during this time. If they do carry out the season, you know, as scheduled. And so it's, it's unlike the NBA and the NHL who are planning to do this at a, at a hub location and, and kind of more like the MLB. And I think honestly, that makes it more risky. Um, Because these guys are going home and they're going home to their families and they're going home to people who have been outside. And so then those people, unless they're unless their families are quarantined as well, then they're bringing stuff into the house that the guy could take into the clubhouse. So it's there's so many layers here um, to 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 where we just don't really know what's going to happen and how it is going to happen. And so I think it's going to be interesting to watch. And and if you're a fan, I want to I want to stress this. If you're a fan, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast you are, you might say, okay, well, why is it important to have reporters inside the locker rooms? Why is it important? You know, you get your your quotes from the press conference and whatnot. Yes, you do. You get your quotes from the press conference, but the in-depth stories that you read on websites like The Athletic and like The Washington Post, those are stories that you get from conversations one-on-one with a guy in a casual setting who doesn't have to watch his words. Guys are more tightly lipped when the camera's in front of them, right? As I think everybody is in this day and age. Mm -hmm. So the in-depth stories, the real stories about what's going on behind the scenes, you're not going to, you're not going to have access to those maybe as much. And so that's where the concern is. And when people talk about the limited access to me, that's where it's most concerning is, is the ability to, to build up a relationship with players and then to tell the stories that are really, really compelling. And they'll go beyond the, the hundred yards of the football field. Right. I mean, I mean, I think of, of last year when there I think it was the KC game um, when they were, they were fighting in the locker room. You could hear screaming in the locker room. And then you go in, you see everybody is on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talk to guys. You talk to Chris Harris. You talk to Justin Simmons. And they start explaining, you know, sort of what happened. And um, I remember the line that Justin used, that families fight. Like, yep, you won't yep. get that in press conferences. You won't get that color. You won't get any of that. 
So that whole scene is completely eliminated from the record. Um, which, you know, for, for NFL teams, it's great. They can control yes. the message more. <laughs> um, but from a fan standpoint, from a media standpoint, you don't get the full picture. You get what was kind of rehearsed and orchestrated in a five to ten minute press conference. Um, but, there, I mean, there are workarounds. It's just going to be difficult. You know, just trying to call players after a game is damn near impossible um (laughs) they don't answer their phone anyway so after a game they certainly won't um so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for everybody involved there's just a lot to watch right and and like that's that's a little in the weeds and inside baseball if you will but but it's a lot to watch it it has to do with more than just the the game experience and Mm -hmm. and what you're experiencing so um yeah it's gonna be a weird year it's already been a weird year and we got what seven months left so, yes, yes. But in happier news, it looks like guys are really taking the time to work out on their own, and um, hopefully they're doing so safely, but they're still finding time to get on the field and get those workouts in. So Yeah, and I think I think Broncos country, obviously, there's a lot of optimism for, for this team moving forward, not just in 2020, but in 2021 and, and in the years to come. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what happens on the field. And, and while we won't be doing this podcast, we will still be covering it. Nikki, I know you're going to be keeping an eye on the Broncos from afar. I, I cannot wait until there are some snarky tweets coming out of your Twitter handle that have to do with what's going on in Denver. I'm and not they, snarky. They will Never. be sly. They will be kind of under the radar, but if you're if you're intelligent enough to pay attention, you will get what she is putting down. I can guarantee you that. Um, and so, I would uh, never, I would yeah, never right, do anything right. snarky. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, that's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. And and like I said earlier and touched on earlier, man, hats off to you and, and congratulations. Thank I think you. everybody here is is really really excited for you. Um, and so, so that's going to do it for us as we wrap up episode 51, the final episode of Mile High Magic. A big shout out to all of you listeners and for those of you who interacted with us on social media. We are uh, so grateful for that and it's always fun hearing from you guys and, and keep it up, right? I mean, Nikki's, Nikki's not going anywhere. She's, she's going somewhere, but she's, she's still going to be around and you can follow her on Twitter at Nikki Javal. You can follow me at MichaelCBS4. Uh, a big shout out to our fantastic producer, Danielle Lehman. She's been with us uh, for all of Danielle's these episodes, the boss. She's we amazing. drove her crazy um, with with organizing our schedules and organizing her schedule, and she's out in California on a different time zone. So um, it was it was nuts for her, but she was so great to work with, and uh, she is the reason why this podcast gets done. Mm-hmm. So uh, a big shout out to her as well. And uh, yeah, I guess that's gonna do it. One final oh, time. That's sad. Um, <laughs> I just want to say thank you to everybody who followed my coverage over the years and to who listened to this podcast. Uh, please keep following Michael Spencer. He's one of my favorite people in Denver and one of the best reporters in Denver. So please continue to follow him. Um, and yeah, that was fun. Oh, it's over. It was it's fun. Starting to hit it was me. a, it was a great up. run though. <laughs> Man, it was a it was a great run, and I'm so so honored that that we got to do it and, and to be a part of it. And so, um, so like I said, thank you to the listeners, thank you to Danielle and Nikki, uh, thank you to you as well, and uh, and best of luck in DC. We're out.